Welcome to the latest Love Sport podcast. This is Paul and John. We're going to be talking jerseys. We're going to talk NFL, EPL, championship, all sorts of sport. Bit of NFL as well. This is, was, and always will be the Love Sport podcast. Love Sport podcast. It's Paul and John. Hi, John. G'day, mate. Thanks for having me on. Well, you're a co-host, so it wouldn't happen without you. So we're uh, missing Super Pete tonight. Um, He's still in recovery. He's had a bit of a hard time. He's been at Wollongong Hospital. And I've got to say, this is credit to who he is as a person. He had nothing but praise for the hospital while he's, you know, suffering a bit with with his stuff as well. So he's just a – we already knew that Pete is a top flight person, but uh, I reckon that says it all about him, that he's in there telling uh, everyone how good – how good they are. So, okay, mate, we'll get into, we'll go a little bit reverse here. Tonight, we're going to cover some NFL, cover cover a bit of the world game. We'll cover some cricket. Um, the cover's being very apt with raining in Australia at the moment in, in Brisbane. Um, and, good one, man. That was pretty good. Uh, like that. That's pretty lame. It's pretty lame. And we'll come to our jersey brackets, which should be quite exciting at the end. We might bring another poll on. Um, we're going to call, are we, are we call, what are we calling him? We're calling him the gaffer? What are we doing? Call him gaffer. Yeah, that'll be easier just to distinguish because uh, I get mi- mixed up every time. Okay, so let's just get into this for a starting point. Overcast conditions. The Barmy Army is there, but obviously not in as big numbers because of a lot of stuff happening. You knew whoever was going to bat first was going to really struggle in that first session in a bit with cloud cover because it really affects the ball in Queensland, doesn't it? The humidity in cloud cover is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. England win the toss and they decide the bat. Now, you can't say it's hindsight because I think everyone who... who, who they had that, to bat, mate. Why did that, they have... Because the history of cricket at the Gabba, all the test matches there, tells you that you have to bat first to win the game. If you win the toss and you don't bat, bad things happen. Now, look, bad things happen in England, but I, I'm going to take my hat off to them for um, brave very much because I hear the word brave these days. Every time I hear it, it usually means it's like, you know, the 160th lesbian to come out in the in the North American Women's Soccer League, or that's brave. I, I don't really care about brave, but I tell you in cricket terms, coming out and batting on that deck. And, you know, they didn't battle that well, but they did. And they have a chance if they bowl well tomorrow to get Australia over. And then I wouldn't want to be chasing 200 on that pitch. So if you can squeak out in the third innings, you never know. No, look, and and for those who don't know Queensland, so there might be listeners from over in the US, or they could be from all around the country, which we do get, um, the Queensland conditions are like none you're going to see on that first day. There's a lot of bounce, a lot of swing. Um, the cloud cover doesn't help. But traditionally, and look back through a lot of games um, when the Queensland Bulls have played um, at the Gabba, and for many, many years when they were dominating, no matter what the conditions were, what did they do? Do you know, John? The Bulls always bat first, mate. They always batted first. So there you go. They, England did we're in Queensland pretty good, and that was a great pitch. It's tough the first session and a half. You yep. Got, and, and they were monumentally difficult today because the pitch just hasn't had any work from from the ground staff. Everyone knew that. Um, it was overcut. I thought the great opening of today, it was a great toss to lose. So there was no pressure on Pat Cummins at all. No. Um, 
Uh, the pressure on England is that when they have, they did it once, they well, they bowled first, and it was it set them up for failure throughout the whole series. Now, I'm not pretending they're in a winning position, and I'm not an idiot, and I realise that they are in big trouble. However, two teams have got to bat on this pitch, and 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 tomorrow for me the best thing that happened today was that you know when it rained, yeah, that come out and bowl a couple overs with the ball wet. Fingers crossed. And like everyone knows, I'm going for England. So if if the if they can bowl well in the morning and the ball doesn't get wet and there's really overcast conditions, I think this is an Australian um, team that is going to come under pressure. Which I, I look at their batting lineup and I go, <laughs> you know what? That's not the greatest batting lineup I've ever seen for Australia. Um, so I think there's I would... a big opportunity for England if they bowl well. So even if Australia get in front by by 50, mate, and it pours with rain again tomorrow night, you get one fine day, and if England can get away and get too much, they've got to think you've got to be positive in Test cricket. If the wickets are falling, first things, wickets can fall in the second. You've got to come in, you've got to bowl hard, you've got to be aggressive, you've got to take the game on. I did the old man to man, and I looked through the team, and I think man for man, I slightly have England in front on the batting stakes. That was just me, just doing my own thing, and you can come down to me there. But I had Australia miles ahead in the bowling stakes. The, and we know that England is missing really key bowlers. And I just think the bowling attack of England's not going to be up to it. But the conditions could bring them in it. You, Mark you know, Wood bowls fast. He's bowled at Palm Beach, Corumban. I mean, he's been around. He knows he knows Queensland very well. Yep. He's actually played for the club that I played for and is highly regarded. Now, what he does know is he knows it gets hot. He knows where to pitch the ball up. Um, he knows how to bowl in these conditions. Um, he's fast. Oh, no doubt. And he's going to definitely cause issues. But it's one of the most ordinary England bowling lineups I can remember. But, hey, you and I have opinions. My you know what? I've seen some great England bowl. I've seen some great bowling lineups from around the world yep. come to the Gabba and get absolutely torched. And, I've, and I have to say there was a lot of talk about, you know, Jimmy sitting out and Stuart Broad and all that. I actually don't think that's a masterstroke. Look, because let's be real. At nine-tenths of every test series in Australia – Team goes one nil down the Gabba. So yeah, mate. Yeah. It, most of the time, you're going to get five days of the bowlers getting absolutely smashed out in the sun, get nothing for it, and they get breakdowns and things like that. Like you know, if you go down by one one nil and it's a three day test, and you haven't lost anything, you bring Jimmy in that back for the next game, and and you're away. I I'm not really <laughs> today doesn't worry me because you know what, everyone knew today was going to be carnage. Oh, look, absolutely. And, and the thing is, I, I honestly think England's going to be praying for rain. And I think otherwise they're 1-0 down. That's just my opinion. I think the Australian bowling lineup is really spot on. And we've got to give credit. You want to talk about bravery. You're a captain and you take, you know, you take five wickets. That, that was pretty brave. That was pretty fantastic bowling by all the Australians, I thought. Well, on that note, I didn't think it was very brave at all by the um, Australian cricket um, board to, um, you know, remove their captain and then just have him disappear without nary a word being said and still using him last night in Channel 7 advertising for the test series. Um, they need to hang their head in shame on that because they've just left that guy totally posted. And I wouldn't want to be an Australian cricketer if you get into bad weather because that board, unless you're Steve Smith and you're actually found out to be an actual cheat, uh, they won't look after you. Yeah. Well, look, great first day. I think you've said it well. The game is still there to be won. 
you've got to take the game on in Australia. If you don't take the game on, you're going to be punished. So, uh, yeah, let's look forward to hopefully not too much rain, uh, but I'm sure there'll be a fair few English people out there. Well, credit to everyone who went out there today. They would have had an absolute ball. Um, There was a lot of people ringing in sick today, I believe, around, you know, like, um, I don't know, but there seemed to be lots of people who I couldn't make contact with. Oh, a hell of a lot of people, mate. A hell of a lot of people. But look, Josh Hazelwood uh, and Pat Cummings, Stark with his first ball. Great bowling. Really good rear action once again. That was uh, terrible Pat- cricket from, um, from from the England Open of Rory Burns. I mean, come on, you're getting bowled around your legs, first ball. Know, you, you must be kidding. Mate, maybe he lost sight of it. Uh, it's a weird ground. But uh, look, Ollie Pope. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. He did, he did. Because he wasn't lined up right for the first ball. No, you're 100%. Anyway, I'm going to let that go because I know Rory Burns is a very limited opening batsman, but he's provided something most of the time to the England lineup. A lot of guys don't bring in. That's a little bit of toughness. I'm not going to bag the guy. Everyone well, makes a bad mistake. He's He's been far from the worst England batsman for the last five mate, years. I, I, I'm not a great cricketer, but I had to open all my life. And, and it's just a thankless spot to be. If you get through the first few overs, you're fine. But it's such a hard place. Look, as, as I said, you have before, to be brave, or, or stupid, or or, or gullible. <laughs> That's uh, my word. My for t- I promise myself. You know what? And and for all of our listeners out there, I want to apologise because I promised myself before I came on. I was I got in, had a shower, and I was looking forward to tonight's podcast. And that whole brave thing was in my head, and I said, "Whatever happens, I'm not going to say that." All right. Well, and what happened was what one minute in. One minute in, and Braves come out five times. Yeah. Um, look, Pope, Butler, Wokes, you know, they, they've contributed 95 or 96 runs and, and um, an innings that won't go down in history in terms of people always look at scores and, and judge it without looking back at what happened. But I thought um, Hamid's uh, 25, that was in those conditions. I thought that, that kept you in the game. Because you could have easily been rolled for you know seventy or eighty, but he just he, he faced over twelve overs of, of bowling himself. So, mate, I tell you what, in, in Sheffield Shield, um, I reckon they near on would have wouldn't have played on that pitch. No, no, you you probably you probably not. And they walked you, off a week two weeks ago, and it wasn't much different. Well, look, excuses, excuses. You put yourselves in. You saw the pitch. And you chose the bat, so I don't have. Who's anything. to say 150 is not a, not a good score? You don't know. I mean, 100. percent That's what we were saying earlier. That you you just then I said it earlier. You just never know. You just never know. But I mean, I'd rather right now today. I'd rather be Australia. I actually think England got away with a few runs. I think that Australia you need a bit of luck. Come on, yeah, and that's no, no, no. no, you're not. Take that away from them. look at the conditions, mate. And not you're only not, that, and, and and then the rain came as well when they would have had a chance to John. bowl. You're, not, you're actually not hearing me because I'm not actually saying that at all. I'm saying Australia would be disappointed that they didn't. I'm not talking about England having luck. I'm talking Australia would be disappointed that they didn't get them out for a lower score. That, that's, th- th- there's a big difference between me saying that England was lucky and Australia would be disappointed. It's still the first innings of a, of, of a national series, mate. I mean, you know, you have to, for the sake of the, for the, sake of the summer... England had to get away after they'd lost those four early wickets and and get some runs. Yeah, we've seen we've seen Test series decided on the first day. And this one's um, this one's far from over, mate. I for anybody up... in America who doesn't realise this, that there's only one country in the world that doesn't play its first um, Test of a series at the Gabba because it is like a 
90% Australian winning rate there over a period of time. And that's India who have enough money to say they won't play there because they know they can't win. We refuse to do it. Mate, that was... So very brave by England to actually show up and play at the actual venues that are given to you. Ah, turn it up, mate. Um, <laughs> I, I like your take. I've mate. got to keep, keep cuddle or... What is it? Keep cuddle um, collect? Kick. Oh, keep cuddle kick. So I've got three Australian um, Australian skippers who resigned in disgrace. Just before and, you do that, just before yep. you do that, I really want to make it clear to everyone: we don't know when we're doing it, uh, doing the uh, keep cuddle kick. We don't know what each other's putting down. So I like. No, it. I just made this up when we were talking. Go for so, it. So uh, keep cuddle kick, um, Kim Hughes. Yep. Um, Steve Smith. Yep. Tim Payne. Far out. Now, one's an actual cheat. I could kick two of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> one's an actual cheat or a two cheat. One's an actual cheat on the field. Ooh, yes. uh, one's, a, one's cheat a cheat off, off the field. So two And the other was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I, I would certainly hug Kim Hughes every day of the week. I think he was a marvellous cricketer and he broke down and showed in a time where you weren't supposed to show emotion. I would I, I say that's... I, I'm going to use your word. That was brave of him to cry in that situation, show what he felt. Mm. So Kim Hughes gets the cuddle for me. Um, I'm going to kick – I'm actually going to kick Steve Smith because I, I'm kind of over him and I'm kind of over him sitting in the background as the guy who could – oh, he could be captain again one day. Um, and I think as captain, you do know what's happening in your team. There's no way you don't know what's happening. Um, so I'll kick him. And, and as I'll tell you what, with regards to the current captain, there's no way that any of the bowlers wouldn't have known what was happening either. But keep going. No, no. And and this last one's a bit of a weird one for to to actually say. Um, so I'm keeping Husey. I'm kicking. Um, and I, and I'm not going to cuddle Husey. I'm going to I'm going to actually keep him. Okay. I'm going to cuddle Tim Payne because yes, he's an idiot, but he's answered to his family. He's still married, from what I understand. And him being an idiot in that regard and the ACB, the Australian Cricket Board, knowing about it, um, you'd have to give him a cuddle and say, yeah, you're an idiot, but, you know, we all do things. We, yeah, we and, 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 and they use him as the skipper through arguably the most difficult time in Australian cricket. Knowing and then, what it And then knowing that that had happened, not have the stones to stand behind the guy and his wife for that matter. And say, you know what? We've dealt with it. We're moving on. I mm. figure it's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, look, do we condone... Terrible for England as well, because he's wasn't a very good captain and he can't catch. No, it's, that's true. And look, do we condone his behaviour? That's that's not our business. You know, that, that's that's him and his personal life. He didn't... I won't, I won't go into it because I don't want to upset people. It's and been say, dealt with. Badly. So if I could throw another kick in... The Australian Cricket Board. I mean, they had to make that decision at that time and say, look, they had to do whatever they had to do then. But they basically brushed it under the carpet, like a lot of organisations do. And it always comes back and bites, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Very poor, poor, poor form by them. So we'll leave it at that because I don't want to get in, in, in any trouble. Um, it becomes something about people's morality and everything. And, you know, I, I'm not going to judge someone's Well, I think it's brave for us to talk about it. Yeah, I mean... Because no one it's, else is. It's one of those situations, isn't it? I mean, you've got to... It's sometimes hard to separate the actions. Um, but what he chose to do, guess who forgave him? 
His wife. His wife. So that's the number one thing for me. She chose to forgive him. If she can forgive him, then I don't really have much to say, to be honest. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who work in the media who um, expect a lot from a lot from sports people and I uh, don't think they'd really want to be tied to any of the standards that they put up to be used against others. I certainly wouldn't want um, some of the mistakes that I've made in the past and I own them. I certainly wouldn't want them put out in the public uh, forum. Um, and, and, you know, we've said it before. You know, if you want to cut, you know, want to throw stones and cast shadows on people, be very careful um, doing that because I, I don't know anyone who's walked without sin. No. Nah. Anyway, awesome to have the. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant, and I agree. I think today would have been a massive. I heard so many stories of like wives saying, "Came home from work early because such and such, and my husband's on the couch, called in sick." I heard stuff like that, <laughs> and, and and women as well. We've done similar. So, look, we'll go over to the NFL for a little bit, mate, because oh, yeah. the, season's, the season's getting to that point now where um, divisions are really uh, – look, I, I want to start off with this. The Pats, they're the real deal. And that this has been amazing because you could see – to me, you could see the Pats playing off against the Bucks. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you could see that. What an amazing narrative that would be. I really enjoyed that game last night between the Bills and the Pats, and I was really looking forward to watching it. And and I didn't spoil everyone it. out there knows how hard it is when there's a game that you're not watching live. Yep. And you've got to keep all the alerts and the Facebook and everything, even scrolling through any social. And you know, sometimes channel the 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 news will put it on, or even God forbid, one night Lou had the project on and they mentioned. I was like, God, leave me alone. But I, like, I got to that game last night, and. For all that, there was just nothing. The, the the conditions. I love those games in wild conditions. Oh hey? yeah. I mean, it, I, I love the explanations that they were giving about how the quarterbacks were changing their throwing action. You know, you normally throw it with a C. They were throwing it. With, sorry, with a B. He yep. was throwing it with a C. I loved those, and and that's where I think. And I thought really... Josh Allen had a great game. How was that long ball he threw into into or in or with the wind? That the receiver was running so he turned around and hit him in the face mask down in the end zone. Oh, what about what about the final play where yeah. they 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 took it on? They went, no, you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna um we're gonna win or lose it. We're not gonna go into overtime and rely on kicks in these conditions. And for those who know, they score a touchdown or don't know, they score a touchdown. The Bills, they're one point behind. They have the chance in in terrible conditions to convert um, the point after. And normally you would just do that and go into overtime. But they went, no, we're going to try and win this. Now, I don't know who – I think it was a tight end who dropped it. I, I can't remember his name. I think it was extremely catchable. He was in. If he caught that, they were in and they'd won the Are game. you talking about Lamar and the and the Ravens or the Bills? No, the Bills. Or am I, am I missing something here? Did I miss that bit? Or am I talking about the... Uh, no, the Bills oh, came up short because they oh, um, they, they got too. beaten 14-10. Right. It was Lamar Jackson. It was Lamar. I've just mixed up the games. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, they had the chance to win that. I thought the Pats defence and their running game is the kind of game that can take you all the way as the season goes on. But you've got a running game that no one can stop with a quarterback who's been consistent and their defence is getting better every week. I hate to say it because I'm a Dolphins fan, but the Pats, they're looking good. Last night when, um, for the first touchdown by the Patriots, 
and I did fall asleep because it's so late by the time I got it on. Yeah. And for anyone out there, I actually like to watch the full game. And yep. so I'm trying to stay awake and I'm coming in and out of it. But there was one stage there where they loaded up the box with every single person on the line of scrimmage and they bumped open a play and and running back from New England went through untouched and ran 50. It was like, have wow, you, they, had, any... they had everyone just moving in one direction, just cleaning house. It was he, he, awesome. I, I don't remember that early in a game seeing a gap that big. That was a huge gap. He just flew through it and he was off. And you're right. So I apologise. It was the Raven Steelers game when um, the Steelers were 2019, uh, sorry, 2019 up and they went for it. Oh, the tight end there should have caught that ball from Lamar. Well, that's Mark Andrews. He's a very good tight end. No, oh, I, he is. I, I thought Tony Romo was right in that. I, I thought that the throw was just a little bit, little bit not there. Tough throw. But, could, you know. Could have won. Let's have a look at some other results. The, the, the Colts got an easy win against the Texans, and the Texans don't want to win. We know that. But the Colts are looking pretty good. Cowboys in a really tough one against the Saints. I think a lot of people expected that game. The Cowboys have blow the Saints out. But the Cowboys have got a few issues scoring at the moment. Yeah. The, Lions, the Lions broke their duck over the Vikings, mate. So, uh... Oh, you know what? That was the sweetest game, man. <laughs> I, I, I contacted you, didn't I? You and Pete. Yep, yep. You know how much I love Mike Zimmer. If he's not one of the most overrated coaches in the history of the NFL, man. I, I actually, I really don't. I, I'm, I'm now going back the other way where I'm hoping like hell he that stays. the Vikes keep him yep, yep. and give him another two years to see what happens. The Bears put up a bit of a fight against the Cardinals. They got beat by the Lions. It was so funny. I know. It was good. And the last play, good. man. And you know what happened in my place? I'm up early in the morning ready for school. I've got Game Pass on the computer. Yep. Trying to have my cup of tea and I'll get to the last place at Lou. And I can't leave. We've got to see this play, right? We had a full Optus outage. I lost no. all of my internet. I lost every team. Everything was gone. And then I drove to school and I finally got back. I saw the score and I couldn't stop laughing. You're an evil, evil man. I hate the Vikings. You know that. I know you do. Uh, Cardinals cruised over the Bears. The Bears tried hard, but Cardinals won 33-22. The Cardinals continued to defy... Um, most critics. Bengals got really close to the Chargers. I think they were down by a fair bit, but then Chargers pulled away. Well, they were down by 20 and they came back and they got in front. Didn't they get and with... Then, it, I, yeah, I thought they got within two, but did they get in well, front? Well, they were close they? enough to getting in front and then yeah. um, the Chargers went bang, bang. And I'm, I'm a bit concerned about Justin Herbert. Yeah. I, 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 it's funny, I'm watching two great quarterbacks because I watched that game rather, rather than watching Game Pass. So I watched that game by itself because I really wanted to watch the Bengals and the Chargers and because I think both of the young quarterbacks have got something about them. Definitely. And I was impressed with both at different times. But I've got to tell you, if you ask, and I would have said different at the start of the year, but if you ask me, do I want Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Oh, I'd be taking Joe Burrow. There's something yep. about him I really like. So Same here. No doubt in the world. And I won't go on about the Dolphins in that regard. Rams absolutely thumped the Jags. And the Jags have got a quarterback who... Man, this guy could be really, really good, but he's copping massive hits early in his career, and that's a worry. It's a, it's a worry. Lot of crashes, but plenty of good players have been through that. Troy Aikman, oh, Peyton definitely, Manning, definitely, mate. But um, he is copping some punishment right now, and you know that happens for a couple more years. You never know. Here's um, a question: if you if you if you had the opportunity to go and um, leave a big time, so there's three jobs available, right? Yep. One's one's Notre Dame. One is um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. And the other is 
Oh, well, let's just make it out of those two. Where would you go? Uh, Notre Dame. They got. They're building a program. They're building a program now. They've got massive support all over the world. They've got massive support in the US. Um, they they pay you amazingly. You're going to get a ten win season, um, and you got the chance to in, in the next few years play in a national championship. So that's true. Do you realise how how popular the Jags are in England? Because they've been travelling there for a long time. Yeah, and I've had yeah. these amazing discussions with with guys, younger English guys. You know, say if you go right. to cricket or whatever. Yep. And, the, and they're Jags fans, mate. Okay, mate. So let's put it this way. The Jags are having a brilliant few years, just so they are. Very the patient Dolphins coach. Have, uh, very patient but, owner. And, and, and the Dolphins having a brilliant few years. Who's going to be the bigger team? I'd it's rather go to the, the Dolphins. It's going to be the Dolphins. Let's be honest mm. about it. So I hear what you're saying about England, but Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't think they're ever going to be. Uh, well, the Dolphins uh, are huge in England as well. Well, yeah. Mm. We'll come to them in a second. <laughs> we'll get to their, mm. hey, their time's going to come. Because mm. you, know, you know they're going to tease you, don't you? It's, it's, it's I like said it those, last week. I said it last it's like, week. It's like those squidgy things, those things that they use as lures for fish. Mm. It's sucking Stupid. in, isn't it? Stupid me. Um, Chiefs beat the Broncos. And look, I still think they've got some offensive issues there. I know they won 22-9, but they're just not looking smooth. But they've recovered. They've recovered and put themselves in a, in a position now. Well, I think the, the Broncos are going to find themselves in a the bad spot. You know what? If if you're Aaron Rodgers now, I know you you're out on Aaron at the moment, but let's 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 be realistic. He's yeah, he is one of the best players of all time, and he's playing for a club that's consistently fighting for a championship, right? Yep. If if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're set for to go to the third championship game in a row, would you leave and go to Denver? No. And why no. the hell would Green Bay accept? You know, um, two first-round draft picks from that. I'd say you're not going anywhere. No, mate. You play the rest of your career there. Just stay a legend of your of your, of your town. Go and do whatever you want afterwards. You know, like that's. Mm. I mean, it's up to him. It's up to him. But I think legacies are built on on loyalty. And if he stays at Green Bay, doesn't matter what I think of him as a person. We know how good a footballer he is. And so stay at Green Bay and try and win a Super Bowl. Or, He's or pretty two good. More. Uh, the Finns in a pretty ordinary game against the Giants, one twenty to nine. They've won five in a row now. Tua's, I mean, I go by the eye test because if you look at all the stats and everything, Tua's got great stats. I still think he lacks velocity in his arm. I still think he lacks vision. I hope I am completely wrong and he becomes a franchise quarterback, but I just don't see the attributes of it. Am, am I missing something here? Oh look. Franchise quarterbacks come in many different shapes and sizes. Uh, one is going to tell you what you know. What if if you said to me the two guys who came from that Alabama game out of him and Jalen Hurts, who'd you rather have? Mm. I still would take Tua. Oh yeah, if you gave me those two, because right at least Tua can throw, and I think and that's pretty important in the NFL. I also think that he's a he's still a rookie. Like Walsh, you you know this is his second. And he's a quality guy, man. He hasn't said a bow peep about anything, mate. If you saw his interview on, uh, he was very quiet and humble, and I think that's mm. a massive um, uh, feature of obviously his family life and himself. And I can differentiate between what I want to see in my football and what I want to see in a man. Um, Two is. With all the speculation of getting rid of him for Deshaun Scub Watson, um, Tua, Tua's got my vote, mate. I'm going to buy a jersey even if he goes now. 
because how he's handled himself as a human being is a credit to him and his family. Stephen Ross is so old, and you know, I think he's been reasonably patient. I, I, my question mark sometimes, I don't think that some coaching staffs get, you know, called out hard enough for some of the things they do. Yep. It's amazing how your your club was happy to let um, Fitz go last year, right? Yep. Well, it's pretty obvious that there was some magic there between him and his teammates. Uh, I would have thought you were much better keeping that as your quarterback room for this year. Mate, um, the problem is, and Fitz Magic, you know you know what I think of him. I think he's sensational. But he, he play a full season and he's going to go close to, to um, throwing more intercepts. Here we go. A whole lot closer to getting you the playoffs than what you're getting at the moment. I don't know about that, man, because uh, right now, okay, well, let's just go through a few tables really quickly. The, the Patriots have won seven in a row. They are going to win the AFC East. The Bills are really Just a stagnant. second. How does that feel? When I, within the AFC East fans, right, yep. and you've been looking yep. up at the biggest behemoth of a club that anyone's yep. ever seen, arguably, the, no, even more so than the Steels or the Packers, yep. easily the, the biggest one, right? The 49, whoever you want. How does it feel to turn around now and go, you know what? You can beat me out. Fuck me. They've rebuilt already. It makes me go, okay, can I take my Dolphins jersey off for yeah. a moment? And you know I'm the Finns, man, through and through. Mm. It makes me go, you know what? Belichick, we always knew he was a real deal. And Belichick has copped so much crap in the past season a bit about, oh, he needed Brady. He's nine and four. They've won six away games. They're six and zero away. He's our Bel- coaching guys every week. It, Belichick's the greatest coach that the NFL's ever seen or in my life. I can only go my life. Belichick is, is just a genius. So to me, whilst I'm looking up the ladder, if, if, the, if the Dolphins were really good at the moment, I'd be really annoyed that the, the Pats are on top. But we're not right there at the moment. Our defense is playing brilliant. And our and our rookies, our rookie receivers and running backs are actually playing really well. So I'm happy where we're at, right? I can't believe mm. I'm saying that. But <laughs> you've got to give credit. You've got to give credit to the greatest coach who's ever coached the NFL. They are not. Yeah, it's something special. He, he really is. He's he's quite he's quite spectacular. And I I just love that game last night. They threw the ball three times. Yep. And they went to a team that a lot of us had penciled in. As a Super Bowl, big time as a Super Bowl had. tip. Yep. And just, I'm not going to say they humbled them because it was a pretty tight game. And I think and they did. Could have gone either way. I, I think that Belichick humbled the coaching staff. And the yeah, other, I think of, he um, did. I think he did. On the Bills. Destroyed them with the running game and the defense was spectacular. So whilst they didn't humble them score wise, they definitely humbled the game plan. You're spot on. And to go in there against a rabid, rabid Orchard Park crowd like that and just to walk out like that, you've got to take your hat off. Because, hey, we've talked the Bills and their crowd up pretty much on this podcast for a couple of years, yeah? Yep. And no one's in any doubt what we think about them, even with you as an AFC East guy. I, 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 to me, the team that would make me cry, I'm pretty pleased I'm not a Jets fan like oh, our old friend well, Sean is. Uh, well, the thing is, this is it's, it's not likely to happen, but the Finns could end up ahead of the Bills at the end of the season. That's, that, that would be inconceivable, wouldn't it, at the start of the year? Um, it would be. I, 
AFC West, Chiefs have won five in a row, and they don't have any mortgage on it, but they have, uh, they're eight and four. Um, so they're a game ahead of the Chargers on seven and five. And even though the Raiders and Broncos are both on bottom with six and six, there's still a chance. And it's a great division, the AFC West. But well, it would have been six. better if the if the NFL hadn't got involved with the uh, head coach of the Raiders. Raiders, spot on. They killed uh, their season. Ravens eight and four lead the Bengals seven and five, and the Steelers are still in the picture, and the Browns are still in the AFC North. Titans have a game in hand, so they look likely. But without Derrick Henry, the Colts could definitely take the AFC South. Just the Derrick Henry thing went out, and you know, like the big sale came out of the America's Cup, and they just put it away and said, it, "You know, you got to take your hat off to them because they yep. they're still playing hard." But with Derrick Henry in, I think I would have been all over him to take on the Patriots in any conditions. Yep. But without the big fella, you know, come on, let's be real. NFC East, Cowboys two games clear of Washington are having a really good run. They've won, won four in a row. Eagles, six and seven. And the Giants, you want to talk about franchises to kind of feel sorry for in the last few years, the Giants are just, just going along. No, and I don't feel sorry for them because they bumped us in a couple of um, NFC Championship games Mate, this Lambeau. Is, you want to look at someone who they just need to, they need to say we made a mistake with their quarterback. They have scored two. 211 points in 12 games. 211 points, mate. That's, what's that? 18 points, 17 points a game. Um, yeah, Danny Dimes looks like a backup, doesn't he? He does. And a good backup. He'd be a good yeah. backup. I, 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 there's a lot of things I really like about him. Um, Cardinals are two games ahead of the Rams. And I honestly think most people would have had the Rams well and truly on top of that division. Cardinals are just playing some really superb. I was at Rebel the other day and I was showing Louise um, all because the, now they've all got NFL. You never used to see them, yeah. No, but no. Now, now they were all there. And I said to Louise, said, "What do you think?" Because I always want her opinion. She's a, a yep. I mean, she likes fashion and all that, and she likes NFL jerseys. And I showed her the uh, the the current Rams one, and she felt it, and she said, "This is trash." Mm-hmm. Compared that, to the plastic, it was like two bits of plastic on plastic. It feels like that. I, I, you know, I love my NFL jersey. I don't love the modern ones. The I kind of North, like the way it looks on the field, but in in person, in, in, touching in person, like, it doesn't. I don't need that. No, exactly right, mate. The NFC North and South are done. Packers are going to win uh, the division again. Bucks are going to win their division. Can we get to the NFC West because that's what I want to talk about. Yeah, we'll go back to the NFC West with the uh, Cards and the Rams there. Well, the 49ers and the Seahawks game the other day was one of the best games of NFL I've watched for ages. It was a great game. One of the best games I've watched for ages. And and just a couple of things. I, I love the fact that Pete Carroll was, you know, the, the, the Illuminati of the NFL had decided that Pete obviously can't coach anymore. He's yeah. all this, he's all that. Um, Shanahan is, is one of those guys like... Um, What's his name at the Rams? Who everyone's like, man, this guy's the future. He's so good. He's this, he's that. He cannot beat Pete Carroll. Nope. He can't beat Pete Carroll. He can't beat him, and he can't beat him. And and I and I, and I keep you know I keep seeing these. We talk a lot about these narratives where people don't get criticised. They don't get this. I mean, Shanahan's been at San Francisco for a while. He's been in a Super Bowl. 
he's not getting the best out of Garoppolo. He's got a first round draft pick as well. Yep. Um, how many different versions of quarterbacks do you need um, when you're the greatest coach that's ever come along? Now I'm watching the same thing happen with Matt Stafford and Sean McVay. Yep. Um, but they still seem to be immune from criticism. Whereas McCarthy at at the Cowboys, hey man, I'm telling you, every time that the Cowboys win, it's Kellen Moore this, Kellen Moore that. Um, and for the first time in 25 years that I've maintained the Cowboys are relevant. Yep. And I think that some of these narratives are a complete BS. Um, I don't necessarily believe that all those young guys are great coaches at this point. I think no. they come with some, some great skills. I'll tell you who the best young coach in the NFL is. It's Matt LaFleur. He has been to three – he has barely lost a game in three years. No, he's – no, you're not wrong. He's, he's he looking, doesn't get talked about at all. No, he's looking looking very good, looking very good. Mate, um, we're going to have a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk some world game. Then we're going to bring on a guest for our jersey challenge. So, guys, enjoy the segue. Welcome back, John. We have a bit of a look at uh, the world game, mate. Um, we're not going to cover the Champions League today. Uh, we're going to look at a little bit of EPL. And then we'll go to the tables for the championship in Division 1. And I just want to talk a little bit of magic of the FFA Cup, if that's okay with you. Oh, mate, go for it. Well, I'll start off with the FFA Cup. It's something that's still going to become organic and take a few years. And I'm actually finding the FFA Cup almost more exciting than the A-League at the moment. But you probably haven't seen it yet. But RPL Icart, one of the traditional um, teams in, in, in New South Wales and Sydney, Scored an absolute ripper last night. It, it is world-class goal to knock the Western Sydney Wanderers out. I hope you do get a chance to have a look, mate. Anyone else, look up the FFA Cup. Have a look at Western Sydney Wanderers versus uh, RPL Leichhardt. Uh, I'm sure Pete would have said that far better than I would. Um, it is an absolute worldie to beat them. I, I want you to watch it, mate. Um, and and I'll, put, I'll post a link up on, on our Facebook page. But uh, well done, RPL. What a fantastic win. Well done. Um, the English Premier League, mate. Uh, West Ham just continuing their fantastic season, getting over Chelsea 3-2. The title race is well and truly... We, a couple of weeks ago, we were looking at Chelsea putting a big gap on their rivals. Uh, but West Ham, what a win that was, 3-2 against Chelsea. Steve Harris from Iron Maiden will be happy, and I've ordered my West Ham Hammers Maiden jazz, um, shirt for Christmas. Oh, I love it. I did not know that. Your team. Well, I sent you a- that link, didn't I? Did I send that link to our to our um, Love Sport podcast? I'll do I that. Don't know. Yeah, I think great you jersey. Yeah, please put it up there, mate. Your team in a real dogfight. Get over Burnley. You must be absolutely stoked. I was happy it came, and I've got a couple of theories about how things are going to go. Like, no team's ever um, survived from the position we're in. But I think we're a bit different this year. I do believe that if we can scratch out maybe one more result going into Christmas, that if we can – we've got enough money to buy a half-decent defence and a bit of a midfield, right? And and I think that we, we can just about squeak out a year. But the game against Burnley, geez, we need it. Um, yeah, I've got to take my hat off to a couple of guys at the club Joe Linton has been playing this. I, I can't believe I'm even saying this, right? I was thinking of you the whole time watching it, mate. <laughs> Joe Linton 
has been playing out of his gourd yep. since the new manager came in. And, you know, one of those things is no one's ever said that Joe Linton's work rate wasn't great, right? No. no. He's always been tried out. That's why he's in the team every week. He literally can't put the ball in there. And that hasn't changed. But if you play him a little bit back, him and Callum Wilson with maybe a slight maximum outside and Almira and through the others, Joe Linton could become one of the best um, hustling uh, forward set-up midfielders that you would ever see in the Premier League if – if we stick with him and get it right. See, we can't sell him because we never get the money back, right? It's too much. Yep. Um, but uh, you've got to take your hat off to the guy. He's, he's never quit. And I can tell you that in all of the Newcastle fanzines and online um, in the Chronicle and all the rest of it, Joe Lynn's been given man of the match by everybody for the last three weeks. Well, how's that? Mate, it, it's pretty sensational. The most maligned player in the history of the club. Well, Wolves put, Wolves put up a massive effort against Liverpool. And Wolves come in, they, they play football. They, they they play tough, old-school football. Liverpool saved by Origi at the end. And it's such a sliding door season because Chelsea get done by West Ham and Liverpool get up in the last second against uh, Wolves. Southampton, Brighton won all. Man City demolished Watford. I know it was 3-1, but, you know, it could have been anything. Bam Bam Bamford for our mate Sean. Scores a last second equaliser, I think, off his left testy against Brentford. What a season! What a season Brentford's playing. Been a long time goal, coming. And that's what goal scorers do, though. They don't care how it goes in. They come off their left left ass cheek. They don't care. So we off the hand, like um, with uh, what's his name um, from Arsenal. <laughs> that's true. The hand of frog, yeah. That, that's actually very true. Go Thierry Henry. Um, Manchester United get a much-needed and a really tough win against Crystal Palace with uh, Fred scoring there. Tottenham thumped Norwich. That was a good um, goal too, wasn't it? Was it? Fred. It was. It was. It, Fred can. Fred. Fred can slightly play anyone with Fred in their name. Um, Tottenham thumped Norwich. Everton. Everton and Arsenal. I watched that game. Arsenal must be so frustrating to watch because they dominated Everton early and they. Just didn't, and it's just been Arsenal for the last decade. They well, perhaps don't... you can ask our next guest about that. Well, I will. We'll come to him in a moment. Um, but in my personal thing, if Everton hadn't have won this game, it was absolute robbery. Two goals disallowed, penalties not given. Arsenal didn't put their foot down, and Everton were fantastic and get the winner at the death. Rafa said and... it was a perfect game. Oh, mate, I. It was one of the best games I've seen this year in terms of just enjoying it as a neutral. You know those games you just come in as a neutral and you just you just love. I was really going for Everton in that because of everything going against them. They had bad referee calls, VAR decisions that were. I oh, can't really say too much about yeah, it. Yeah, I've got some fantastic players coming through, like Smith Rowe and that. Though, like they're so good to watch. Oh, they are, and that must be so frustrating because they're so mm. good to watch, but they just don't put teams away. And mate. Stupid, uh, super Stevie G, three out of four. We're in the top half, hmm. and the atmosphere. Well, that's what I'm saying about why I feel we can survive. Because if you can do that and go to the top half, it doesn't. It doesn't take a lot to turn things around. I'm not, look, I'm not saying it's not, but look, we're. I've always thought that we've got a pretty good squad, and I've been saying it to you for a while that we haven't had all the players on the field at the one time. And that happens to any team. But Stevie G's got them believing. And they're actually going forward and taking games on. And 
By now, Don't it was only two. Stop believing. But, mate, they took apart. They took apart Leicester. I know it was two-one, but literally could have been four or five-one. It was one of the best Villa performances I've seen in a long, long time. And you were talking about spending money in summer. We've got no debt whatsoever. We've got owners who are spending money. I think we're the fourth or fifth biggest spenders in the Premier League at the moment, and they're opening up the books for Stevie G again. So we might be fighting you for a couple of defenders there, mate. From what I'm saying. Don't stop hey. believing. Who would you, what position would you rather be in now? Would you rather be, I'm asking you as a neutral, would you rather be in Leeds' position, Everton's position, or Aston Villa's position going forward? That's a tough Ever, one. For you. Everton, Arsenal, or, or I'd rather no, be that, Arsenal. No, I didn't ask Arsenal. I put in Everton, Aston Villa, and Leeds. Everton because of their manager. Okay, that's a fair call. That's a that's a fair call. Oh, who I think is one of the greatest managers that there is, and they've all got good managers. Is. But is. you know, um, he's got the he's got the pelts on the wall too. Mate, I haven't heard Villa Park this loud in twenty years, and I'm not exaggerating. The the, the atmosphere there is outstanding. Um, look, I want to play special tribute to a young boy who was murdered and um, I thought the teams doing their stopping play at the six minute mark and everything for the young man mm. has really really touched me mate I've um, broke my heart reading the stories about what happened to him at the hand of his pe- at the hands of his parents and um, I just thought it was absolute magic what many many of the clubs did at the six minute mark paying tribute to the, the, the young life stolen stolen from him and I mean I'm actually in tears thinking about it now, mate. So I just wanted to um, say I think the clubs, from no urging of anywhere else, came out. They put his picture up. Um, yeah, I, I won't say any more. It's just really got me. Um, well, that's it. Rest in peace. And and well done to all the clubs, mate. There's no doubt about that. That's just, um, that's quality. Uh, just absolute quality. And uh, look, I'm just a bit broken reading about it and I probably should just not read articles about stuff like that. But you know, you and I are blessed to be parents of, of pretty awesome kids. And to think of any of our kids going through that kind of stuff just breaks my heart. Can't do it. Up, League one, league one is really, really tight. Okay. So if I could just quickly touch on league one, mate, we go all the way down to ninth with uh, Portsmouth on 33 points, right? And up mm-hmm. top is Rotherham on 41 points. So there's eight points between ninth and first, right? And they play, because I think there's there's 20, they play 46 games. Yeah, so, it goes on forever and ever. Yeah, so so any, literally down to ninth, there is eight points between ninth and, and automatic promotion places uh, with Rotherham and Wickham on 41. Sunderland, the, the team that this pod follows, is on 39 points. Wigan, Oxford, Plymouth Argyle. What an abs- and you got MK Dons and Sheffield Wednesday there with Portsmouth. It's an amazing competition, the, the League One right now. This you can find the Love Sport podcast on Facebook and Twitter. You can get Paul at Paul underscore football, John at Lambic Peach, and Pete at Pete Novikowski. Alternatively, you can also get us on the Love Sport podcast on Facebook and Twitter. This is was and always will be the Love Sport podcast. On riding them all the way. Absolutely. We're going to try and bring in uh, the gaffer in a minute. But you look at some other clubs in League One. You've got Bolton and Charlton. And one of my favourite ever days was I decided to go watch a Charlton game because I was staying near there. And um, 
it was just fun. You know, the food was like just watching a local game and the, you're so close to the action and the, the Bolton, sorry, the Charlton fans um, really made me feel welcome. So there's some really big teams there. Quick question um, about notice for you, Paul. Yeah. Which team is sixth on the all-time ladder of having won English Premier League or slash first division titles? Oh, I wouldn't know, mate. I would have said something stupid like it, Ipswich Town. It's Sunderland. Sixth. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's true. I should have got that. And that's easy. a lot. That's a, being sixth on that on that yeah. list yeah. is pretty high. Well, mate, quick look at the championship. And we've got Fulham and Bournemouth uh, well ahead of West Brom on 37 points. Once again, um, a competition where they play 46 games. Um, so it's a long way to go. And But Fulham and Bournemouth are looking pretty darn good. I mean, their goal differences are plus 33 and plus 20. Uh, then West Brom, you want to look at teams here. You've got Blackburn. Hardest league in the world, but those guys are playing with their parachute payments and Premier League players. Yeah, exactly. You, you have to you have to win. You have got to bounce back. And everyone talks about, oh, yo-yo clubs, but you have to bounce back because if you don't, you're dead. And then, then you've – hey, we've got the gaff. How are we, mate? Yeah, good. Good to – I'm just going to turn you up a little bit. Yeah, excellent. Well, as excellent as it gets after that day of cricket. But anyway, that's something <laughs> different. We're just yeah. talking championship, uh, Gaffer. Oh, yeah. Well, just, I mean, you've got Derby down the bottom there. They're, they're well and truly uh, stuck there. <laughs> what are they on? I, I barely barely won a game. So you've got Derby down the bottom. I mean, you've got teams like Cardiff, and they're, they're down near relegation. Birmingham in the middle, stuck in the middle of the championship. They can stay there for all I care. You'd be feeling Would- that as a Villa fan, wouldn't you, Paul? Oh, look. I don't have the same. I don't have hate for Birmingham. I have eh, for Birmingham. Uh, Wooten Town struggling a little bit. A lot of people thought they were going to come up the last few years, but God, the championship! So many good teams in there. When was the last time, um, Gaffer, that uh, Luton were in the in the first division? Was that uh, in the nineties? Yeah, pre Premier League. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut in there, Gaff. <laughs> the last team I saw, my dad saw at Wembley actually when they beat Arsenal in the. Uh... In a cup final, I'd rather forget. A Fair enough. Cup final. The Hatters. Yep, Arsenal with the ball on the penalty spot. Foot to go 2-1 up. They managed to lose, miss the penalty and managed to lose 3-1. Mate, they, um, I think Was I've told... Danny Wilson, wasn't he their big-time player? Yeah, I think so. Yep. They, Sorry, were, they were, they were, just before the Premier League, they were still there for a few years in the, in the, the old Division 1, weren't they? Fair, fair while. I mean, with no resources, they did pretty darn well. They turned up in shoot. Like all the shoots you know, I'd get sent from the UK from my nana always had a little bit of uh, talk about Luton and Kenilworth Road and all that. And it's like, yeah, good. And hell, they've been. They were in the fourth division for quite a while too before they got to where they are now. Yeah, they've done well. I mean, I, I think people expected them to push on a little bit the last couple of years. But you, you know, we're talking about traditional teams, and you've got Nottingham Forest who just. They just can't get it right. And, and I'd love to see them back in the Prem. Gaffer, I'll defer to you on this, but they've say with Arsenal like to have that. Oh, yeah, honestly. But, yeah, everyone remembers the, the Trevor, uh, the, the diving header. But, um, yeah, look, I, I saw, I think I saw Stuart Pearce celebrate his last goal for Forest in front of, uh, in front of the clock end at, at Highbury. And, um, <laughs> Um, and Roy Keane actually did the same thing, kissing the shirt and then disappearing. So, um, yeah, they've, they've generated players for sure. 
No, it's uh, it's yeah. We were just talking about League One before as well, Gaffer. Just uh, just saying, you know, you got Sunderland as Sean, uh, Sean John was saying. You know, one of the most celebrated teams ever, and they're in third in the in League One. Um, they've become a bit of a favourite of our pod because of Sunderland till I die. We've spoken about that show about 150 times, I think. Yeah, listen, it, it's funny. It, it's it's a it's certainly a time for big teams to disappear. I mean, you as a as a kind of you know, a Villa guy. But again, I was at, at Highbury when Villa won the league, or the the, the 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 day they were crowned, and they could easily have gone uh, gone that way. Well, mate, if we didn't survive a couple of years ago and go in the prem, we were in big trouble with financial yeah. fair play and everything. And and now look, the future's looking pretty good. I'm I'm pretty happy. So it, that's how close that a big team can go down and stay down. Yeah. Um. So look. I don't know if you guys watched any of the Champions League this morning. I've got to be honest, I'm losing a bit of faith in it. Some of the teams look like they just give up in the group stages near the end. No, I didn't watch it. <laughs> well, man, I, was trying, well, I, was waiting for some, I was waiting for a game to make me get excited. And, and the game that got me excited today was England-Australia, so I went to school. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just expecting too much, or maybe there's just too many teams in the Champions League now. But it's just losing interest for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority there. Oh, listen, that, looking at it from like an alien from out. Well, not an alien from out of space, but there were some big games today. That you know, Liverpool winning was it Klopp's first game in Milan. That was a, yeah. That's a, that's a massive win. Real Madrid playing Inter. Even Ajax are, you know, turning it back on. So I think, you know, it's it's a, oh, and the shirt winners as well. Dortmund turned up a result. I'll tell you what, though, saw somebody. So yeah, there's still some big games going on. Yeah, I think once it's out of the group stages and and it's knockout and everything, I think I'll get. I'll, I know I'll yeah. get back into it. I am looking forward though tomorrow to seeing Bayern Barcelona because I would love to see Barcelona get put to the sword. Boy, they're going to put ten past them, aren't they? They could, they could. But that's the game I'm looking forward to. Can Barcelona afford the plane flight to the match? (laughs) Somehow they'll 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 take ninety percent of the revenue from La Liga next year, so they'll be fine. But uh, look, we've got the gaffer on the show, mate. And what's been exciting you in the in in the week of sport? Any anything besides you know England getting done for one forty seven today? Um, no. I think that, honestly, I'm sure you've spoken about it. I've not been, I've not been on, but that's the biggest, yeah, the biggest thing that I can think of, to be honest. The the pure fear of winning a toss is absolutely ridiculous. Well, uh, as John said, what did you make? Can I yeah. ask Paul what he what he made of Hamid today? I thought he's a little unlucky. I thought he dug in under difficult conditions. Hmm. I said the same thing. He, he faced 12 overs himself, 70-odd balls, and it was really difficult. And I think if he'd gone earlier, you're looking at a sub-100 score. I thought he I thought he did pretty well. I, I'd be pretty happy if I was him. Well, not him, but pretty happy with what he tried to do is what I'm saying. He, listen, he, he's, an, he's an opening bat, and he tried to bat like an opening bat. That's, I, I, I've not got too much criticism on today's performance. I do have criticism, though, before we get into our jerseys, yeah. of the Australian Open having Djokovic in the draw if he's not going to get immunised. <laughs> yeah. But that, 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 that's just hypocrisy of the highest order. For a state that's been in lockdown for longer than anywhere in the world, 
because of COVID, if he's allowed to play the Australian Open and I love my tennis, I'm not going to watch a second of it. I'll watch the women's because I want to see Richmond's uh, Ash Barty win the, the, the women's title. But the, it's just, it's beyond belief. It's such an insult to those people who've had such hardship in my mind. Hasn't he already had COVID though? Oh, who knows with Djokovic? You'll make didn't he some get crap it, did, up. Didn't he get it um, in playing in their Davis Cup team like a year ago or something? He didn't they all get it? Didn't he run his own tournament when COVID was out and things yeah. were shut down? He ran his own tournament and that was yeah. in hotel. That was in COVID hotel. Party, that was in hotel rooms, thing. wasn't it? Wasn't it? He got at the same time when Bono was still singing soliloquies to the people of Napoli on the. On a balcony, remember that? That was one of the worst days of COVID ever. When <laughs> you know, when you thought it couldn't get any worse, and then Bono was singing to the masses just on a balcony. Um, and Djokovic had I was gonna say something else, he got COVID. Well, I don't care if he said COVID or not. I mean, if the rule is that you're not vaccinated now, they're changing it based on uh, medical sympathy grounds. It's a bloody insult to those, and I'd boycott the tournament, I wouldn't even bother going. They can have empty stands. This is me. I'm having my sock. Oh, I've I've got AstraZeneca, so I'll be able to come back on the podcast next week. Oh, I've got Pfizer, so I won't spit on you guys, but uh, I'll get my booster in the next week or two. <laughs> guys, jersey bracket. Let's have a let's have a bit of a let's talk do about it. this. Let's talk. God, it's been well coming. Let's do it. Yeah, we got we got two to talk about tonight. So Barcelona, what 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 seed were they there? What was the uh, La Liga? Oh, now I'm going to bring everything up. Hang on, I didn't even get it all out there. Didn't I send you this stuff a million times? Barcelona. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've got some computer-based issues. We'll get Paul to talk about about the. Let's talk about the Barcelona jersey. Full stop, and I'll get the, yep. the seedings up. Right, well, just so, before you do, Gaff. Just before you do, Barcelona took on Flamengo at this uh, this stage. So I didn't. I didn't get that. Oh, so Barcelona they took on Flamengo, and uh, John's just asked you to talk about the uh, Barcelona jersey for a bit. Okay, I mean, you're you're sort of asking the wrong person because I don't like it much. <laughs> no, do it. That's what I want to hear. Well, only uh, just simply because. Listen, the, the the going without a sponsor for so long and all that's it's entirely laudable, and there have been some great iterations of it. You, you can you can run down the white, the, the white or the you know the, the skinny stripes, but I actually don't like the colours. I don't think they go together very well, and. I've tried to. I'm now trying to veer away from history and veer towards the fact whether I like a shirt or not because I think it was getting too much caught up in the, the kind of the history of the thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know the, the you can go back to the the trim that the Catalan trim and all that and you know the the, the great you know the almost the politi- political history of the club if you want. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not just doesn't. Who do you think the, if, so, if you think of the the great Barcelona players, right? And you think of dudes in that jersey, or who are you thinking of? Johan Cruyff. Yeah, Cruyff stands out. What about um, what's his name um, from uh, the Bulgarian Stoichkov? Yep. Ronaldinho. Uh, the two, uh, the De Boer brothers. Yep. Uh, but- yeah, Ronaldinho. Remember Ronaldinho falling over, holding his face in the. I- at the corner post, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. I mean, I'd almost vote for them based on that. If we're going to take the players out of it, though, um, and if you said to me right now today, Paul, you can have one of these two. Well, sorry, Gaffer, I'm going to call myself Paul here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you've got one or two jerseys, you can have this today. Personally, I'll take the Flamengo because you see the Barcelona shirt at every um, uh, Rebel Sport. You see it at you know at the markets as a replica and all that. But the Flamengo jerseys, it's just got something about it—a bit of panache. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I was I, I was leaning towards Barcelona, but I'm going Flamengo. If you said to me right now, you can have one of these to go for it. I'm taking. No, Barcelona's not playing Flamengo, so Boca are playing Flamengo. Oh, have I mucked that up? Have I? You have, my friend. I have tonight. My You've actually jumped into the wrong in, into the wrong jersey, jersey jersey thing. That's okay, because my apologies. We can talk there because Flamengo were playing against Boca. Oh yeah. Now there's so some looked, stories. Now let's put the so players in those do, jerseys. Before you do, who did we have with Barcelona? I'm trying to find it. So you talk about a bit more about Flamengo against Boca. Well. Oh, I love the Flamengo shirt. So now I'm gone. I'm gone different because if you were offering me the two shirts, I'd go Boca because it's just a big part of my history and I love the colours. Over to you, Gaff. Right, look. It, I've just said I'm going to pick it on shirts and then you look at the history of the two clubs. Um, I can't get away from that. They're the, two, the powerhouses of South America, really. Um, it, yeah. If I had to go... It, I don't want to pick to, to start off with. They're, they're both from the docks. They're, they're scrappy, yep. originally scrappy yep. dockyard football teams. Um, both got incredible stadia, um, incredible fan base. It's a list for both teams. It's like a list of um, a list of the best players you can imagine. Um, go back to, you know, Boca. Everyone's going to talk about Maradona, Kenichi, Tevez, all of those guys. Um, I say Tevez, Raquel me, Ruggieri. It's, even Ratin um, was a, was a Boca player, so the the kind yep. of the list is huge. The list is the list is immense. And then you put that up against, well, you were talking about Romario, Ronaldinho earlier on. You were talking about Zico, um, Falcao. I, I think at the end of his career, Garincha was playing for him for you know for a, <laughs> half a season or whatever. It it's just basically a list of the best Argentinian players versus the best Brazilian players. So yeah, it's hard. If you if you reduce it to the to the shirts, I mean they they've both got stories. Um, yep. One's a rowing club, the other one was based on the the flag of Sweden, um, because they lost. Was it Boca lost the, the right to wear a, a Newcastle looking shirt because they had a, a, a playoff against a team called Nottingham. Geez, um, they're lucky, aren't they? Imagine <laughs> imagine having to carry right, that yeah. baggage around with you. So yeah, just just for me this this one. You could add this as the final for me, and I'd have been happy. And I've been happy for either of them to win. If if you if you force me to take a choice, I'm, I'm well. I'd go Boca. John, uh, look out of those two, and I think they're two of my favourite jerseys in world sport. And I was always fascinated by the Flamengo, um, the insignia, the um, FRC FSC. Now, for a little bit of time, I would see that jersey walking around. And I actually thought it was Rangers fans because they're not that mm. un, unsimilar, right? I'm going, yeah. I've never seen Rangers wear that jersey, but I, I, I was aware of Flamengo, obviously, with the Maracanã and whatnot. Um, and as Paul quite rightly says, um, it's a regatta, the regatta club, so it's a rowing club. And But it's one of the coolest things about different football clubs around the world. So many of them started by, uh, like, either English or Italian or French merchants, merchants going around the world taking their little sports 
uh, whether it was cricket or bowls or whatever, and they become these giant football clubs. I, I would say that the jersey I desire most in the world to get for my jersey collection is the Germany, is the Germany uh, World Cup chain strip. Brazil World Cup, they had a bottle of Flamengo. However, I think that for me, the purest jersey in this bracket comes down to the old Boca jersey uh, with nothing but just the blue and the yellow. And I think that it could easily have been the final. I could go either way, but I think we went Boca many months ago. Yep. Uh, uh, La Bombonera. The whole, the whole nine yards. Yeah, it's a hard choice. I think if they were both forced to play in white shorts, <laughs> I would definitely go with the flamingo one. But when they've got the all blue, the the pure blue kit, I'm going to go with Boca. Well, we might wrap that one up because the crowd went right with us, and Boca are through. Flamengo, fantastic jersey. I think uh, the gaffer said it well. That could have easily been the final. But the crowd has also voted with us and Boca is through. The eighth seed are through. Now, we had one that um, a little bit earlier, I'm not sure if we did speak about it last week, but we had the classic Borussia Dortmund versus the Belmain Tigers. Did we did we cover that one off last week? We did, but um, it didn't, yeah, it, we, I think you mentioned said the crowd won. That was it. Yeah, so made a mistake with that one. We should have had a discussion earlier, but it was a resounding win to uh, the classic Borussia Dortmund top over the Belmain Tigers. Like, the votes from our supporters were the biggest we've had and Dortmund absolutely hammered the Tigers. So Dortmund's through. We had another one this week, guys. We had Liverpool, the number one seed in the comp up against the 16 seed Golden State Warriors. Um, so if you're okay for me just to start with Golden State for a second, their jerseys are really good. I mean, it is the blue with the gold. It is the Golden State Bridge on there representing, you know, obviously the Bay Area and so forth. And it just feels like it's a – you were just talking about a Bocca top. It almost looks like Bocca's basketball team, if that makes sense to me. So That's quite also, true, actually. And, and a, little bit, a little bit like a lot of – and I know they're older than, but you can see a um, Golden State top in Queensland – and you can see a Brisbane Bullets top, and you can get them mixed up really easily because they look so similar at times. So for me, I just can't have the Golden State Warriors um, against Liverpool, I, I, a classic Liverpool top. I personally have to say Liverpool absolutely trounced Golden State in my mind. Paul, now you're a big basketball fan. Or Gaffer, I know you're a big basketball <laughs> fan, so I'll let you talk about this. It's a hard one for me. I mean, I grew up on the European Cup team of, uh, yep. of Liverpool. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. How long has Liverpool been wearing red? Uh, since the start. See, I thought they wore white to start with. But anyway, yeah. No, um, I don't think so. I um... Wasn't that the big joke back at the time? Isn't that why Arsenal had to change their sleeves? Because everyone was wearing red apart from basically Newcastle, and that was it. <laughs> no, Herbert Chapman changed Arsenal's sleeve to look um, so they'd look unique when he was when he, when he was doing his kind of 
<laughs> you'd call it branding these days of, of the club. He he, that, he made that change just because he wanted to make that change and do something that's different. I think Aldershot are the only other team who wear that, that kit. Um, <laughs> Aldershot. Fair I, enough. I don't look. I, if you if you are if you put a gun to my head, I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote Liverpool because I because I watch the great Liverpool teams winning that shirt all the time. Um, yeah. But it is just red. I take your point about Boca Juniors. The colours are exactly the same for the for the other team. But yeah, Liverpool should be a should be a shoe in for that. I would have thought. Well, a quick salute to the great Ray Kennedy, who oh, passed yeah. this, this week. One of the great players of all time. Won everything in the book, didn't he? Yeah, he passed. Well, did he start at Arsenal, Paul? He, um, yeah, he scored a very important goal in Arsenal's history. He scored a couple, but, um, but yeah, he's uh, he's he's still considered a an Arsenal man, to be honest. Um, By 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 Arsenal fans, a lot of of kind of mourning when he when he passed. Yeah, because um, I I only really think of him as a. As 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 a big time Liverpool player, and it's funny because the two Kennedys, uh, Alan Kennedy was a big Newcastle player. Yeah, he's another great player. But... Yeah, be... they knew how to, and, and both of them had slight tweaks to their positions and became greater players when they moved. Well, um, listen, I'd, I'd, he goes down in Arsenal history. He scored in '71. Arsenal had to were, did the double, as you probably know, and. Um, we went to White Hart Lane to try and to try and win the league part of that double, and um, we needed a nil nil because it was it was decided on something called goal average at, at the time, where there was some you know you stick it all into a slide rule and you end up with a magic number, and we needed a nil nil or to win, and we won one nil, and he scored the header, and uh, yeah, they didn't get Arsenal fans off the pitch for for literally hours after <laughs> after that. So he, he's, he's definitely a, a huge part of Arsenal history. Hey, Gaffer, one of my uh, one of my favourite silly movies that I, I'll watch at least once a year is um, copied by a baseball movie. Yeah, it's, might be uh, one of our favourite um, Christmas actors of all time. What What's the name of the movie? Fever Pitch. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, what year was that when Mickey Thomas scores the goal? Did Mickey Thomas score the goal? Yeah, that's eighty nine. They, that... they, they haven't won it since that seventy one season. And it so was that, looking like they weren't going to win it. And, um, yep, huge that thing. Movie, uh, that, that movie and Fever Pitch, which they copied the American version, which actually wasn't bad because they based it the same as the Arsenal and they based it on Boston Red Sox amazing season when they won their first World Series in forever and came from nowhere. Um, was that reflective of the time? I know it sounds a bit silly because I'm only watching it through the lens of a director telling me what to enjoy at that time. But, I don't know. It, it's it, it's the book's good, Nick Hornby. I mean, it, yeah. it's um, it, what can I say? Yeah, they were dancing in the streets outside Highbury, but you would be, um, and that record shop exists, by the way. But <laughs> I, I've sort of been there. It's round round the back. I, for me, I, I wouldn't think about that book if I thought about eighty nine and, and so on. Yeah. That's all great, yeah. but eighty nine does does a lot more for me than than just that book. It's a huge, you know, George George Graham that the way he changed the club around, he, he sort of brought them into the into the modern game, oddly enough. And, and he, kind of he's not up for Wenger when he turned up. It, it, it's funny because it does remind me of uh, 27, uh, 2017 for Richmond, a, a big club that hadn't won anything in like forever, was the biggest laughing stock, and it so reminds me because. The history of Richmond has ever, forever changed by a kind of miracle season, 
win your first five, lose your next four, get through the finals, play a team that's one of the biggest favourites in AFL history and win it. It is a movie to me. That that As a Richmond supporter, that's kind of a movie. And that's kind of why I think fever pitch worked. Um, for you as a purist, maybe not, but for someone who wasn't emotionally involved, I really enjoyed the the movie tying into that exact moment, you know, and someone running back into the lounge to see the winning goal. I don't know. But, hey, let's get back to it. Hey, I've got an interesting stat. Hey, can I tell you this? How's this? Um, For Copa Libertadores by club, Boca Juniors have won six and been runners-up five times. They're the second most um, successful club in that comp. How's this? Flamengo have only won it twice. You could knock me over with a feather. I would not have thought they'd only won that one twice. And one of them came in 2019. Is it who, who, who's, who's done really well there? Not Independiente. Independiente is the number one team. Okay, that's who I would have. Yeah. Um, Peñarol from Uruguay won it five times. Yep. River, it's all uh, Argentinian teams. Yep. Nacional, which I'm pretty sure is a Uruguayan club. And then all the uh, Brazilian clubs are basically spread it around a bit. And you get to a couple of, like, non-existent ones like Cruz Azul. So, like, Corinthians and stuff like that? or Well, all the, the, the um, in Brazil, São Paulo, Palmeiras, oh, Santos, Grêmio have won it three times. Oh, wow. Okay. That, if you had told me that Grêmio or Palmeiras had more Copa Libertadores than Flamengo, I would have walked from here to... Well... Let, let's come. Let's come back for a moment to the the, the feature at hand, which is Liverpool uh, taking on Golden State Warriors. I mm. think if we did this in ten years' time, we might see a very very different result on on who might go through with these jerseys. It's just my opinion. Basketball around the world is growing at such an exponential rate, and right now Steph Curry could be considered one of the greatest players, and oh, he's the best shooter that the game's ever seen. Him and then probably Larry Bird, greatest shooters that the game's ever seen. All I ever see around is Golden State Warriors tops everywhere. So who knows? That result could be different in a few Yeah, look, time. I think the NBA is a, is, is a distant fourth or fifth as far as the biggest world leagues go behind. Not, not, for, young, not for young kids in this country. Not for, well, that's not a, for we're talking kids. Australia. We're, we're, this is a world bracket, Paul. Yeah, well, I understand that. But you would okay. be, you'd be surprised in different parts of the world how popular the NBA is. I'm not well, saying... I'm not saying the leagues are better. I'm not saying that the Premier League's not better than the, the... But a team like Golden State Warriors has captured a lot of young people's imagination, whereas a lot of people either love or hate Liverpool. I'm going to say this. that I think that the two... And I hate saying it, but the two iconic and biggest teams in England are in the EPL are Liverpool and Manchester United and... Yep, undoubtedly. And, and I cannot not put them through to the next round of this competition. Oh, they, look, if we're going to bring the crowd into it, the crowd uh, absolutely go with that Liverpool are going through. So the number one seed safely survives and they are through. Okay, now do you want to know who the, who um, Barcelona were playing against? Yes, please. <laughs> Zaire. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, that's going up on the... So while we've got Gaffer there, we might as well do it. Let's do it. It's like yeah. it's like ripping off a band-aid, isn't it? Yes. Let's go, Gaffer. What do we got there, mate? Uh, you've heard the story before. Yeah. So Zaire, we're talking again. Yeah. Um, the history of that team was the one of the original emerging African nations and all the politics that went with it. Um, 
an, an incredible kind of, you know, team against the odds playing, playing in the World Cup. Yep. Um, paving the way for many other African nations, I think. And then you've got, and, and don't get me wrong, an absolutely sensational shirt versus um, kind of, I don't know, Barcelona, the sort of, you know, this kind of know, red and blue number. I'm, I'm going to have to reverse my position on this. I, I have to go Barca. I just have to. I mean, I, I was really caught up in the magic of your Zaire story early on. But if I had to choose jerseys, I've got to go Barca. What, what says you, John? See, this is tough because oh, I don't like giving Barcelona credit for anything. Well, I think one of the things I do like about Barcelona jerseys over the years is they've had a penchant well before it became fashionable with Puma. All the jerseys way too small for their players. Right, and then and and then massively ballooning big as well, um, but I've seen Maradona in that jersey with his jersey puffed out. I've seen, uh, you know, uh, Stoichkov, and I saw my favourite player of all time in that jersey as well, and that's George Hargy, right? And I'm going to say that because George Hargy and Stoichkov teamed up in that team. With the two De Boer brothers, that was a pretty good team. And Bobby Robson coached them. Man, when Bobby Robson was there, he set up an association with uh, Pep and and with uh, the special one and all that magic that came from those teams. And they didn't actually win anything. Um, I'm going to go with the Barcelona team of Bobby Robson. Yeah, and and we'd we'd be cancelled from the podcast because the 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 people who have voted and made comments and so forth back that up. So, so yeah, with a great run. Um, what they say? Out. Oh, that, so they, they actually they, said. What did they? When they actually said it, what did they say? Well, we say they this. Said it, they said it'd be ridiculous for Barca not to go through. Yeah, I don't know what else. I don't know what else to say. I can only go by. Feels it's a bit <laughs> flat. It's like drinking. It's like it's like grabbing a, a gross that someone pulled out the night before and. You come down in the morning and say, we're still partying, you grab it and go, yeah, it's not so good. Not so good uh, and it's warm. I, look, the, I think the thing is that you, you, it's impossible. I, I've, I've said oh, I'm trying to divorce the, the history from the, from the shirt, but uh, you, you can't look at, look at shirts without thinking about who's worn it and what the history is. So, 100% and the emotions yeah. that it brings and the, yeah. the memories and I totally agree. Gaffer, we always love you coming on. We need you on more um, when you get your chance. And, we, and the background knowledge and everything you've got on shirts and, and teams is outstanding. Um, so we thank you for coming on. Yeah, happy we to said come we, whenever. Mate, we said we were going to do 45 minutes tonight, John. I think we're You were pretty minutes. tight. We only, we only went 45 over time. No, nah, 35, 35. Come on, you're a <laughs> okay. teacher. No, wait um, up, hey, I can't count. That's not my thing. <laughs> Guys, this has been the Love Sport Podcast. We're going to put up the rest of our jersey brackets this week. We really need your input. Um, we've got it in a few different channels. So we've got it on the Love Sport Podcast on Twitter, in our Facebook group, which you can ask for. And also, uh, if you want to put it onto our uh, Twitter feeds, John is at Lambic Peach. I'm Paul underscore football. And Pete, who will be on next week, is Pete Novakowski. We've been the Love Sport Podcast. We love your work. Dude, I'll tighten that up. We'll get it down to about 60-odd minutes. But it's going to be tough to... Thanks for joining John and Paul on the Love Sport Podcast. It's always a pleasure to uh, have listeners. So if you've got any feedback, get us on 
the Facebook group, Love Sport Podcast. You can get us on Twitter at Love Sport Podcast. Get me at Paul underscore football, John at Lambic Peach, and Pete at Pete Novikowski. Bring the noise.